Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store Your family is special. That's why Pathways Financial Credit Union offers many mortgage options to help you buy that special home or refinance your current home. Pathways offers some of the best rates and lowest fees you'll find anywhere in the country. As the fastest growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years, you know you can trust our mortgage professionals to do what's best for you. Visit one of our convenient locations or check us out at pathwayscu.com. Offer of credit is subject to credit approval. Pathways is an equal opportunity lender and is federal insured by the NCUA. Welcome everyone to another episode of the NBA podcast. It is the middle of August, but we still have NBA to talk about. We're going to dissect the opening week schedule today as well as the Christmas Day slate, and we're going to play some NBA would you rathers. Before we get underway, wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find all three of our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also check us out on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some reviews. We'd love any feedback. And we're being hosted this year on FanRag Sports, so check them out on Twitter, at FanRag Sports, and for their NBA content, at FanRag NBA. They are in the midst of a top 100 players countdown, so that's a good thing to follow. My fantasy basketball team previews have come out. Uh, the first five are out, and they'll keep trickling out over the next couple weeks. The Bulls are out today not a good site uh, for the Bulls. So, FanRag Sports at FanRag Sports. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> Alright, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? Alright. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. On Twitter. Joining me this week, as always, are my two co-hosts, Morton Jensen and Sarah Chalea. How's it going, you two? It's been a busy week, Brian. My son not only started his first day in school, he also had his first football practice and had his sixth birthday, so I'm beat, hey. man. Oh my gosh, that is a busy week. That's a big week. Yeah, and Sarah, happy belated birthday. Thank you, appreciate it. How was uh, how was the first day of school there, Mort? He was very excited. It was only like 90 minutes, and it was like a small introduction thing, so today was like his first legitimate okay. school day. And he just looked at me afterwards when I picked him. I was like, I'm tired. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> oh, buddy. <laughs> Learning is hard. Did you tell him he has 12 to 16 more years of that? Yeah, he's aware oh and he's actually looking okay. forward to it. And, and um, what's keeping his moods up is basically uh, he's, he's very good at English. And so I'm telling uh, him, like, so when that, you know, that, when that subject arises, you don't need to worry. You're you're pretty much there already it's going to be like a, a somewhat easy uh course for you and he's like oh okay good then i can relax yeah <laughs> so, that, it's it's a really really small foundation of how i built the entire thing on it, it could yeah. collapse at any point 
<laughs> I think that's the way to do it. Good work there. Um, all right, let's go into the opening week schedule, which the NBA released Thursday. We have a we haven't gotten the full schedule yet, so this is just the national TV schedule that first week. The season starts Tuesday, October seventeenth. Uh, Boston takes on Cleveland. And then the Rockets take on the Warriors. That's the Warriors ring night as well. The next night, we get Sixers-Wizards and Timberwolves-Spurs. Thursday, we get Knicks-OKC and then Clippers-Lakers. And Friday, we get Cavs-Bucks and Warriors-Pelicans. Sarah, which of those games are you most excited to see? (laughs) Well, you know, I'm I'm excited about uh, (laughs) Spurs-Wolves. No. Pretty happy about that, yeah. Um, I actually kind of like Sixers Wizards too. Like that's a good night. Um, yeah. I don't know how ready the Sixers will be. I think they're going to be pretty decent this year. Maybe not right off the bat though. So yeah. it won't be as good of a game as I'm hoping it'll be. But um, yeah, honestly, <laughs> when I saw that, I kind of like tunnel visioned and didn't pay attention to any of the rest because I heard. Wolves Spurs. I was like, "What? All right." <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's gonna be fun. Yeah, that is gonna be a good one. I, I mean, not only just for the Spurs reasons, but also like the new look. This is our first mm-hmm. look at the new look. Oh, exactly. I'm yeah. super excited to see Jane Butler, Jeff Teague, how they all fit. Mm. It's it's a, it's gonna. Be, I mean, Kawhi versus Jimmy. That's gonna be. Mm-hmm. That's always fun. fun. Yeah. Yeah. I just wish and the then, Wolves would not show up in those uniforms, though. Oh, you're not a fan? I am not a fan. Those are hideous. Like, that's so unfortunate. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'll be honest. I haven't really liked any of the new uniforms. Can someone tell me why people are, like, just gushing over Indiana's horrible, horrible design? Oh, no, yeah. That was... Oh, no, no, no. No. I am not understanding the love that the the Pacers jerseys are getting. I think it's horrendous. Jesus. Yeah. And like the, then Denver took the Pacers old jerseys basically. Yeah. Which is also weird. And that yeah, I'm not the Sixers one. Whatever, it's not a huge change, but I, I like the old ones better. And we'll see. Maybe the alternative. Maybe they'll do like the throwback jerseys that that opening night. That'd be cool. Um, basically, where, holding out hope that that the uh, those third and fourth options for a lot of teams are gonna be good yeah, because right. if not, yeah, it's, it's a disappointment. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, but on the bright side, all of the old jerseys that we like will go on sale because the NBA is just going to like clear them out. <laughs> so you'll get like a $50 Pau Gasol jersey, which I know you always wanted, Sarah. <laughs> First in line, yeah. <laughs> uh, Moy, what about you? Which games on the opening week are you most excited to see? Well, Spurs, Wolves. I mean, I can't run. That's, that's like the big matchup for me as well. Um, also, I mean... I'm kind of digging Markel Foles going up against John Wall. Like, here you go, Markel. Yeah, I'm not digging that. That's a rude introduction <laughs> to the NBA. Yeah, well, you know, it best to be educated immediately, right? I guess so, yeah. I mean, I'm obviously excited that the Sixers are in both the opening week and Christmas Day. Uh, knock on wood, they will have everyone healthy at least at the start of the season. So this, for all we know, this is the only time we'll see Markel Feltz, Bud Simmons, and Joel Embiid play together in a nationally televised game all year. Uh, I hope that's not the case, but 
the, the past few years have conditioned me to believe otherwise. Um, yeah, I, so that one will be fun. You know, I'm just super excited to see the Sixers field a real basketball team for the first time since they traded for Andrew Bynum. Um, oh, how did that say, go, Brian? I don't even remember. How, how did that go? <laughs> could you could you walk me through it? I don't remember. He played well, didn't he, for the Sixers, he right? He did. You know, uh, <laughs> we're doing this thing at the step back. Uh, I think it rolls out not this coming week, but the week after, like a butterfly effect thing where, like, what if X happened? Imagine, like, the alternate timeline. So I obviously, immediately when I heard that, I was like, what if Andrew Bynum didn't go bowling? Yeah. So I'm, I'm writing uh, a long fake. This is like darkest Sixers timeline because it ends up with like just a bunch of it. Like that team was so effing bad. Like I, just having to relive. It was like Evan Turner might have been the fourth best player on that team. Like Spencer <laughs> Hawes was a a fixture of that team. Like Jason Richardson and I mean Drew Holiday's actually good and he had just signed a new deal, but beside the point but yeah the, the Sixers have not been a real basketball team for five years so I'm very excited to see them actually feel a real team I'm also like Rockets Warriors that first night is going to be mm-hmm. super fun like that might be I mean <laughs> you know we're going into the year saying like those are the two best teams in the West like we might have the conference finals previews on both sides on October 17th with Boston Cleveland and then Rockets Warriors so I, you know, we, we get Boston, Cleveland will be fun. We don't know if Kyrie's going to be there. I lo- I'm excited to see how Gordon Hayward affects that matchup. Like, the last time we saw uh, <laughs> Cavs-Celtics, it did not end very well for the Celtics. But now, you know, they have Gordon Hayward. They have Jason Tatum. We get to see if Jalen Brown in year two, he looked like a beast in summer league. We'll see if that translates to the regular season. We'll see if the Cavs' summer of dysfunction affects their on-court product. And then Rockets at night, like, this is our first chance to see Chris Paul and James Harden in action. It's going to be super fun. But overall, I just feel like the NBA, the Thursday night slate kind of sucks. I mean, Chris Stops against OKC will be fine. I guess, and then <laughs> Christophs. <Yeah. laughs> I'm not referring to the Knicks. Like I don't care about anyone else on that team. But Christophs versus Paul George will be fun. Oh, the uh, old and, George Mike and throwback George Mike and against the Knicks. If you remember yeah. that one, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Clippers Lakers is whatever. I mean, Lonzo Ball, sure, great. But like, I actually, I guess I'm excited to see Patrick Beverly shut down Lonzo Ball. <laughs> Oh, and shut him into like a three of sixteen night. I hadn't thought about that one. Yeah, I'm yeah. G- I'm gonna tune in to to watch Beverly yes, just put the clams on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just want to see Twitter burn when <laughs> Lonzo has. I mean, the reaction to his first bad summer league game was already fantastic. So when he has a bad regular season debut, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. But then also Bucks on Friday versus the Cavs. You got Greek Freak early that's gonna be good and then we get Pelly's Warriors on Friday night you know Boogie Brow that two years ago that Pelicans team they got swept but like they were competitive against the Warriors in the playoffs so now we get Boogie with a full training camp full preseason mm-hmm. and and weight loss and weight loss yeah right he's looking good Rajan Rondo in a Pelicans jersey we get to see whether he can recapture the magic that he had with Boogie in Sacramento. We get to see Drew Holiday at the two. It's going to be, I don't know. I think 
I really think I want to commend the NBA for that was like a captivating slate of games throughout the week. Thursday, Thursday might it might be good that those are like the 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 worst of the week because then like you know we can spend the day with our spouses that week. You need to take a break <laughs> at some point uh, before they file for divorce in the first week of the regular season. Uh, let's go to the Christmas Day games now. So the twelve o'clock game. Sixers at the Knicks. 3 o'clock, no surprise, Cavs at Warriors. 5.30, Wizards at Celtics. 8 o'clock, Rockets at Thunder. 10.30, Timberwolves at Lakers. Sarah, no Spurs on the slate, so which game here are you most excited for? <laughs> uh, maybe Wizards. It might be Wizards. Yeah. Wizards. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sorry, I'm not fired up about Cavs Warriors Part Three on Christmas. So, <laughs> um, you know, I'm glad like you that the Sixers are playing, mm-hmm. but you know, not psyched <laughs> about it being against Kristaps, as you would say. Um, <laughs> the I feel like that the NBA is somehow obligated, apparently, to have a, a game at Madison Square Garden on Christmas. It's yeah. just. You know what's gonna happen, but every time you're like, "Why, why, please?" Right. <laughs> um, I think Josh Eberly had posited like uh, Sixers Bucks, and I would have loved to see that. But oh, that would have been mm, fun. Not to be apparently Sixers Wolves for me. I think the NBA dropped the ball. I'll take that too. Oh yeah, yeah. Because then we could have re-legislated Towns versus Okafor. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> not Towns versus Oka- Embiid. Yep. Tom's versus Okafor. I I reread an article I wrote a couple of years ago where I was like, yeah, that'll be a debate for a long time. Tom's versus Okafor. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. nope. It, <laughs> turns out it was not. I was a little hasty in writing that. Um, <laughs> boy, what about you? What, what's catching your eye on Christmas Day? Well, the Wolves for one, but I, I'm with Sarah. Basically, you know, the Wizards. I, I'm really stoked about the Wizards as well. I've I've been spending all summer talking about the Wolves and the Sixers, but the Wizards are just they they came on you know so great last season. Uh, Otto Porter is returning. He's probably going to get better. Bradley Beal is going to get better. John Wall is going to get better. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what that team is going to bring. So having them in the Christmas game situation is just yeah i'm definitely gonna uh, catch that one for sure also thank you to the nba for keeping the bulls off that list because they they were they were like a permanent fixture during like the you know the christmas day and like for the most part those bulls games were just horrid every damn year so yep good on you nba (laughs) i forget where someone tweeted this yesterday i don't remember who it was so apologies for not attributing this but i think someone said the bulls only have one national tv game this year it could be wouldn't be (laughs) wouldn't surprise me at all like i but like that's awesome if the nba really had the foresight to be like this bulls team is going to be hot garbage we are not featuring them at all I have no idea. I haven't even checked. But if it, if it's only one game, I would imagine it would be like Bulls against the Heat in Miami. Timber, I think it was Timberwolves. Oh, it's, it's oh, Timbs, so, oh, Jimmy's obviously. Jimmy's return. Okay, yeah, yeah. makes sense. Okay, sure. 
And, yeah, uh, but it's that's not. Just, that's just hard. I mean, that's rough on Bulls fans. That's just like rubbing yeah. it in. Like, hey, everyone, <laughs> come, 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 watch, come watch that horrible trade. Like, look, look, that the greatest player you've had since Michael Jordan is gonna fucking bury you. Come on, come on, Bulls fans. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you break up with someone and then they come back dating someone way hotter. Yeah. And you're like, oh no. Oh, and a better per- and someone who's a better person as well, Brian. The insides <laughs> matter. <laughs> right. Yeah. A a successful doctor who is a good person at heart and also a supermodel and who adopts you know puppies with three legs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I'm with you guys. Warriors, uh, Wizards, Celtics. Sorry, is uh, I yep. think that one's gonna be super fun. I just love the bad blood that those two have. Like, I want nonstop <laughs> funeral games. Which team <laughs> right. shows up in black on Christmas? <laughs> That's gonna be a fun thing to see. Yeah, Sarah, I'm with you. Cavs, Warriors, whatever. We're probably gonna see it in the finals this year. I don't care. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN did note uh, when he was discussing the Christmas Day schedule that. You know, teams that or free agents who signed new contracts this summer with new teams are eligible to be traded December fifteenth. So if the, if the Cavs wait until then to trade Kyrie, there's a non-zero chance that they're breaking in a new point guard. You know, with like five days That's to spare. That's my biggest that fear is that yeah, yeah, it could be really ugly. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not expecting it to be a great game anyway. But yeah, something happens with Kyrie, and yeah, could be not at all what the NBA bargained for. <laughs> Correct, yeah. And that's why I'm also really scared of that Sixers game, because that's two months into the year. Just everyone say a prayer for Joel Embiid's knees, because I, I would love for him to be on national TV on Christmas, but two months into the season scares me. Um, but also, Rockets Thunder, I think that's going to mm. be... I, really, I mean, I I'm, I need to pray. My wife is working on Christmas, so I have an excuse to just watch all these games and I don't get in trouble. That's, <laughs> that's really the best case scenario. I, I always plan a couple of months ahead, actually, so everyone knows that I'm not available at that particular day. Like, no one, no one can, you know, text me, DM me, whatever. I'm not <laughs> responding. Like, get the hell off my feet, whatever you're doing. Just leave me alone. Yeah. Right. All day. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, boy. Um, all right, let's move into our... So this is going to be inspired by a few friends of the podcast. One is Ian Levy, the editor uh, of uh, The Step Back on Fansided. He, if you write for The Step Back, you know we get these entertaining daily email threads with some topics to throw out there and occasionally he throws out these nba would you rathers like would you rather player a or player b and somehow he has a knack for choosing ones they're always just like "Ooh, damn this is a really good question (laughs) uh but then our boy james holis snotty dripping on twitter and jesse blanchard um of b-ball breakdown just posted an article i think wednesday about Nikola Jokic versus DeMarcus Cousins that basically burned basketball Twitter to the ground for two days. Uh, So I think that's a good place to start. Jokic and Cousins. And a few ground rules before we get underway is we are only thinking about the 2017-18 season. We are not taking contract into account. So this is really, we are taking injury history, but otherwise it is just on a pure talent and production basis which player would you rather have? So, 
Mort. Yo, get your cousins. Boogie. That's pretty easy for me. Um, I think Boogie is grotesquely underrated. I think, yeah, he has some maturity issues. He has some efficiency issues. But his talent is just so undeniable. Um, and, and, you know, we, we should not take age into... Um, you know, it, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't factor into our decision. But there is one element that we need to discuss. And DeMarcus is going to be 27 when the season starts. That's like smack dab middle in his prime year. Or Jokic is going to be like 22. So you would expect Boogie to have a better season. Especially given that he has a full training camp with the Pelicans and, and whatnot. Like has you know a better feel for the game with Anthony Davis alongside him. And he's just, he's overall just a better player. Like, people forget he, he drained 36% of his long balls last year and, you know, bumped that up to almost 38 with the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, on almost six attempts a game, he gets to the line, hits free throws, he rebounds fantastically, and he's also a pretty good passer. People really don't talk about DeMarcus's passing. And mm-hmm. everyone is, like, high on Jokic's passing, which is understandable because, you know, the Joker can pass. Like, I'm not even going to argue otherwise (laughs) so the key issue here is efficiency and defense Jokic is not a strong defender could be down the line but so far isn't DeMarcus when motivated is actually a plus defender at least you know that that's obviously subjective but there are moments when he's really into the game when he's fired up he makes these great plays he just rotates the perfect at the perfect time he blocks shots he grabs steals and he just forces turnovers. If you get that DeMarcus Gutchin, and I think we will, then he is head and shoulders above Jokic for this upcoming season. So you are team James Holos in this one. Uh, yep. Sarah, how about you? Jokic or Boogie? I had my answer all prepped, but see then, because I, <laughs> I thought again that it was build around. It's not build around, right? It's It's next year. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That makes it tougher for me. Because uh, I was going to say Jokic because I just would rather build around a guy like Jokic. Um, mm-hmm. I think Boogie, as you mentioned more, he can be a plus defender when motivated, but I think like 90% of the time he doesn't care about defense. <laughs> right. Um, so I'd rather have a guy like Jokic who I think cares, uh, but he still just has work to do and hopefully can can get better. Uh, for next year, though, man, and Boogie is incredibly skilled, like ridiculously skilled. Mm. Oh, this is hard. I, this is such a yeah. tough one. I can see that. You're looking <laughs> over the ceiling. You're going, hmm. I am. Man. Um, yeah, because I was stupid, and <laughs> we said we were going to screw up on our parameters, and I already did. Um, <laughs> oh. Come on, Sarah. Ah, uh, jo- screw it. I still want Jokic. Oh, oh, got burned there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Spurs. Now we get burned when everybody figures Jokic out, and, and Boogie has a great year, and Jokic has a down year. Oh yeah. man. <laughs> No, Jokic, both of them, I mean, we should note that pretty much everywhere we're going to talk about, with one glaring exception, is really good. Like, this isn't a one guy is good and one guy is bad. It's like, mm-hmm. you have two good options, and which which one would you prefer? And I, I do see the arguments for both guys, but I do slightly lean, if we're going 2017-18 only, I'm going Boogie as well. Uh, 
Wait, I, I'm not going to cite his defense as the reason I want him, because I think both are actually just pretty bad to mediocre defenders, yeah. as yeah. you said. For for Boogie, it's more of an effort thing, whereas Jokic, I think it, it's really more of a, he's just getting up to speed. Um, but I would not expect, if I'm building around Boogie, I would not expect him to anchor a top five defense by any means. Like, I don't think he's <laughs> going to become Rudy Gobert anytime soon. Uh, but as you noted, the fact he hit, you know, 36% of his threes, he hit 1.8 per game, like that, he barely shot threes in the first five years of his career, and then all of a sudden, he's taking one point or 3.2 in 2015, 2016, taking five this year, he's hitting him in a, an above average clip, pair that with 27 points, 11 rebounds, nearly five assists, a steal and a block per game, like, he just, he... he his all-around production is so good. He's like, you know, it, it's he's not nearly as um, strong defensively as like two thousand late two thousands Dwight Howard, but he's putting up like those numbers with three pointers. Otherwise, yeah, which is just I mean, I, I <laughs> I'm really really excited to see how he and Brow work with. You know, I, I'm not out on that experiment yet because it's hard for any mid-season acquisition to get up to speed quickly, um, especially one as high usage as Boogie where you like really have to retail your, your offense. It's not like he's just a standstill shooter and you can just like stand at the corner and we'll give you a three-pointer every once in a while. Like You have to really recalibrate everything. Uh, so, I, I mean... God, it's just going to be so fun to see if he and Brow can figure it out. Because if they do, they're going to be that. Like that might be the antidote to small ball. We might have found it. There's two big guys who can do everything. Like literally everything, which is ridiculous. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, all right. Let's move on. <laughs> this one's going to be fun for Boyd. Uh Jimmy Butler or Paul George? Sarah, I'm going to give you first crack at this one. I, I'm a Jimmy person myself, which I'm assuming is the way that Mort is going to go. Um, I just I just prefer his efficiency, his consistency. Like They are. They're, they're so close. They're both good defenders, really good defenders. They're both great scorers. Um, but Paul George has had those dips throughout years recently that, you know, you feel like that's probably gonna happen again i know we're just looking at next year um and you just well i don't know he's going with are we looking at what team they're on to or are we just theoretically just theoretically i think okay okay um yeah i'm still jimmy just just his uh what he did last year with that bulls team mm-hmm. uh i have to i have to give jimmy the edge I'm assuming you are also in Sarah's camp on this one. I'm just sitting here nodding because obviously, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Look, Jimmy has almost a five, uh, you know, a a five PER advantage. He has a Mm -hmm. PER of 25. Paul George, 20. Paul, and here's the thing with with Paul as well. Paul is longer, arguably more athletic, but even so, he, he, he doesn't like get out and just grabs those 9 to 10 rebounds that he should. He's not mm-hmm. that disruptive a defender as Jimmy is. And look, at least we forget, Jimmy has T-Rex arms. 
Like, it's ridiculous. Right. Jimmy's arms are so short, which goes against conventional wisdom that, you know, hey, you can only be a strong defender if you have long wingspan and, what, and you know, all these things. And Jimmy's like, well, look at me. Look at what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. the fact is, Jimmy just he carries a team better. Paul is a better shooter. He's arguably a more efficient raw score from the field. That's not, not not even arguable. He is. But Jimmy just does everything. He gets to the line like 10 times a game. He rebounds. He dishes. Like He's, he's a much better playmaker. And also, I just I can't I can't forget the fact that he just owned Paul on so many late game situations. Like yeah. hit hit that tip alley oop over him, blocked his shot. He's just I mean, mm. Jimmy has his name, really. <laughs> I mean, it's it's unbelievable. So I, Kawhi I just, has both of their names. Oh yeah, oh for sure, <laughs> oh for sure. I'm not. I'm not even gonna go into that one. Kawhi, he yeah. he he owns both of them. He's just looking at those two like, yeah. Just I'm glad you didn't bring me into that debate because I would have crushed him. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, Jimmy over Paul George, and and Kawhi over damn near everybody. The Kawhi one makes me think. I, I just thought of a new one, so we'll get there in a second. But for Jimmy, I agree with you guys. Uh, I, I think Jimmy's playmaking is really what separates him in my mind. Like, both of them are strong two-way wings. Um, but the fact that Jimmy can create shots for others better than George can really gives him mm. the advantage. Like, I mean, just... Sarah, as you said, what he did with that Bulls team last year, that Bulls team was absolute garbage. To to drag them into playoff contention is an absolute miracle. Like, it just shouldn't have happened. And Jimmy, I mean, I think this year, anyone who has been lucky enough not to watch the Bulls for the past few seasons, um, you'll want to watch the Timberwolves this year because they're going to be fun. And you'll get more of an appreciation for how good Jimmy Butler is. Yeah, um, I'm, gl- I'm glad you touched on that one because he's been so underrated for a long time now. Um, mm-hmm. And I get it. Like, it's Chicago. It's a yeah. place where logic does not exist anymore. So, <laughs> you know, it's only natural that he gets buried. Side note to this, uh, this pairing here or, or this comparison, given how cheaply OKC got Paul George... Like, mm-hmm. if Chicago had succeeded in beating that offer, like, overpaying extensively in terms of what, you know, OKC gave up, and they had not traded uh, Jimmy Butler, how would a Jimmy Butler-Paul George pairing have been in the Eastern Conference Ooh. in this day and age? Ooh. I would have loved that one. Damn. Yeah, well, that would have filled two more All-Star spots. <laughs> yeah yeah it would have but I mean that it's it's just the Bulls pulled the trigger on the Jimmy deal and then they saw Indiana give up Paul George for peanuts I, I'm sure they right. could have made a competitive offer at least and then they were like oh okay we could, we could have had both hmm I, re- I really feel like Indiana's logic for the, that deal was like Oladipo is so good at Indiana in college he's definitely going to recapture that match <laughs> yeah. in the NBA <laughs> like that's that's the only logical explanation for that deal because OKC is not pulling that off the table like at no point is OKC like a week into free agency gonna be like oh no 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 we don't want to trade for that superstar we don't want to get off of Oladipo's bad contract and give up Sabonis who really didn't do all that much as a rookie like we like Sabonis 
Yeah. Paul George. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, that one... It will continue to befuddle. But on the bright side, Miles Turner is going to be an absolute monster this year. I'm very excited to see him. Yeah, his 2K um, rating suggests, though. What was his 2K rating? 80, 84, apparently. Oh, okay. Yeah. So huh. they're, 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 they're hyping him up a little bit. I was about to get defensive. It was higher than that beats. <laughs> you, you, you need to switch your mindset a little bit out of side, outside of a beat, dude. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh right. wait a second. Who, who's the next one? Well, no, because you brought up uh, Kawhi. We talked about this somewhat last week in the two-way player conversation. Yeah, I now, knew you were going there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kawhi or Kevin Durant? <laughs> you're asking me or Sarah? Because uh, I'm guessing we'll you're... Like, you. I feel like we both already answered this, didn't we? Where, yeah, I, I think... I mean, we are <laughs> probably in pretty big agreement here. Yeah. You're both mm-hmm. taking Kawhi. Yeah. Yep. However, no. It's, it's not. It's not in a landslide. <laughs> no. It's not in a landslide by any means. You know, it's it's close, and I think even our Spurs homer will acknowledge it's close. For sure. But it's still Kawhi. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm taking Kevin Durant there, and I'm not thinking twice about it. I, Kawhi's great. Kawhi's probably the third or fourth best player in the NBA, but. Kevin Durant is number two as far as I'm concerned, and I just his offensive ceiling. I mean, like I, I feel like it is harder to replicate. Like you, we saw last year, Sarah. We talked about this last week. How, yeah, Kawhi is like one of the best defenders in the NBA, if not the best. But it's easier to take him out of the game by just hiding him, basically, or like making him hiding the guy that he's guarding and just like push him to the perimeter and we saw that a lot during the regular season whereas like it's impossible to take Kevin Durant out of the game unless you're double teaming him or you have Kawhi Leonard so I think it's it's harder to high or it's harder to counter KD's offense than it is Kawhi's defense that's a good thing. Kawhi's a terrific offensive player right. as well. <laughs> it's yeah. like you got to stop him still too, though. Yeah, uh, and it's easier said than done. That's true. I don't know. I mean, that's a good argument, but but yeah, I mean, I think his offense is so darn close. Uh, KD has that length that kind of pushes him over, mm. or he can just shoot over anybody. Um, but Kawhi, there's so many different wells that he can go to now too that. I mean, he's going to get his buckets. I, I just can't wait for this season. I just cannot wait. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. yeah. The, the main argument for Kawhi really is also in the, in the grand scheme of things because when you look at that Spurs roster from last season, outside of Kawhi, it was somewhat putrid, right? I mean, no, it, it was not garbage. Yeah, it was. And, and what did they win? 61? Yeah. 61? I mean... <laughs> That's... Durant could never. <laughs> oh, no. That, that's, that's not what I'm saying, though. Don't put me on the hot seat. I'm here. saying it, Martin. Oh, you're that's saying okay. it. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. All right. But, I mean, that's that's ridiculous. That's utterly yeah. ridiculous what he did last year. So, uh, it, it depends on what side of the fence you are. If you if you believe Kawhi just had one of those epic seasons that may not come back, then sure. But... You know, it's it's him in the in the Spurs system. He has Pop on the bench. I, 
I think we're only scratching the surface with Kawhi. But I know this is only about this year. It's only about mm-hmm. this year. Exactly. But I'm still going to pick Kawhi because now KD is satisfied. <laughs> I don't know, man. He, he got, he got his all ring. that money because he wants to go again. Yeah. But, but, um, yeah, it's been three long Kawhi's years. Even better this year too. Yeah, but it's so, been three long really years did. for Kawhi lifting that Finals MVP. Yeah, and then he saw KD do it, and he's like, "Mm mm, mm mm, damn you, Sarsapachulia, damn you," <laughs> yeah. because I had him at least for one game. I had him. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm going Kawhi. Still going Kawhi. All right. Well, let's move on to our next one. Which, <laughs> this one's going to hurt my feelings, guys, but we got to do it. Joel Embiid, Carl Anthony Towns. Cat. Sarah, who you got? <laughs> Morton. Morton just beat jumped me. in there. Yeah. Sarah, you uh, also <laughs> Towns? I know, honestly, I was leaning Embiid. Um, but I've been poring over their, their little synergy profiles here. Don't give him the satisfaction, Sarah. Don't give him more ammunition. Come on now. Give it to the dark side. No. Um, <laughs> I will say that, of course, you know, Embiid wasn't able to be on the floor as much as any of us would have liked. Yes. But Cat's uh, offensive numbers are significantly more impressive at the moment. Um as far as like his post, like his his ratings on just about every facet of offense are excellent. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, Embiid is not there yet, but you feel like he has the skill to be there. Um, and defensively, you know that was really. <laughs> I always kind of lean defensively. I guess that's my uh, habit. Um, and I just felt like. If you have the chance, you know, we're not taking injuries into account. That's like a whole different conversation. But if you have the chance to get a guy who could potentially be that much of a game changer defensively, I'm always going to lean in that direction, you know. Mm -hmm. So, ah, it's such a tough call, but I I think I would pick Embiid, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, you just I, you just ruined the next three episodes. So. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Well, I mean, obviously, if we are taking injuries into account, I think all three of us would take Towns in a landslide, which is unfortunate. But you just can't rely on Embiid to stay healthy at this point. But in a magical world where knee injuries and foot injuries and back injuries do not exist, then Cat is still the choice. No, he's yeah. not that good of a defender <laughs> yet. Yeah, but like, yeah. is he going to substantially improve this year, do you think? Yes. Yes, I think mm. so. Look, look at what he did He's offensively. A... Look at what he did. I mean, yes. Yeah. Oh, Sarah, you were about to say something there. No, no, you're good. I just I just feel like Martin is, is uh, overrating Thibodeau's effect. Because you think <laughs> that, that Wiggins is going to be a really good defender, that Cat's going to be... No, I no, no. See... no I, I would have it's... serious doubts okay. about Wiggins, though. Okay. Okay, but we think he's going to get better. Yeah. And I, I just don't know. Like, we've seen nothing so far to indicate that. Maybe. Hopefully there's going to be at least some improvement for both those guys next year. But I I have to see it to believe it first. I, I'm not that optimistic. I think we saw it with Cat when uh, Levine was healthy before the ACL tear. 
Because when Levine and Wiggins had it going offensively, you could see that Towns made a concerned effort of spreading out his game a little bit. He would conserve energy offensively and then establish himself a little bit more defensively. When Levine went down, he had to take on this larger offensive role, and then he sort of had to sacrifice the defensive end, which is never optimal. Now you have Jimmy Butler. Now you have Tosh Gibson as well. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him you know, turn his game around a little bit and be more of a two-way player. He might see a drastic decline in stats overall. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't even be surprised if, if Towns actually was below 22 points or maybe even like 20 flat. I wouldn't even be surprised. But then maybe you know the rebounds go up the blocks go up the steals go up the the intensity go up the defensive efficiency goes up whatever but i i I just think that level of talent in towns i mean he does everything the first player of all time ever to have 2,000 points 1,000 rebounds 100 threes and 100 blocks in a season i mean and he's he, he did that at the age of 21 that's that's ridiculous i mean age 22 season come on that's a Embiid was 22 this year, right? Yeah, yeah. So we technically don't really know. We we are one year behind. That is true. I'm just gonna say one thing: block percentage, <laughs> Embiid 7.7, Towns yeah. 2.9. Yeah, I Maybe agree with triple. that. Yeah, I mean that like the Sixers were a playoff caliber team when Embiid was healthy and he played last year and they were worse than the Nets when he did not like he has shown he can single-handedly anchor a top 10 defense and you know be the focal point offensively too right exactly like he scored 20 points in what 25 minutes something like that something something like that yeah no I mean again he's great like we as, as you opened with every one of these players are great I mean yeah that's not the debate, obviously. Uh, but, you know, I get my perception of Embiid, it's it's just impossible for me to escape this nagging feeling that he will go down. I can't separate yeah. the fact that him healthy, is, it's just illogical to me to assume that Embiid is healthy. He's missed the first two seasons. And then, right. what, 51 games last year. It's, it's just so inwoven in my mind with him and injuries that it's just like... There's no way to separate them. But, you, I mean, with him healthy for 82 games, it's a toss-up then. can we? Can, yeah. is, is a toss-up allowed? Because they don't give you that right. <laughs> no, a toss-up is not allowed. Fine cat, it then. Sounds and you like it. Yeah. yeah. All right, so Morton is wrong on that one. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> Your team drafted you a little Okafor. Hey, no. He's going to be a bull soon. Just you wait. Um, all right. Let's go to, oh yeah, point guards now. We're going to move away from the bigs. Kyrie Irving or Damian Lillard? Sarah, where do you go on that one? This one to me is almost a legit toss-up. Of course, they've all been close, haven't they? You're killing me, Brian. (laughs) I know. Um, This is literally what Ian does. Like, every, at least once a week, he'll come up with these, like, evil would-you-rathers. I'm like... It like makes me think for fifteen minutes why I should be doing something else. Oh man, this is really good. Yeah. <laughs> we need to get him bad on the podcast, you know. Yeah. <laughs> when he's not in a, when he's not in a car. Right. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say Dame. Yeah. This one. Mm. Uh, they both are capable of doing the same things, but I feel like 
And this might be part of the reason Kyrie wants the trade. Maybe yeah. it just feels that way because, you know, he's got LeBron next to him and he doesn't have to always do it. But I think, you know, there's these games where he kind of disappears for lulls, like a week or so. And Damian kind of always has to be on. Um, neither of them are great defenders. We know that. Um, Kyrie, it's just, he's got these blips too, though, where he's, completely unguardable <laughs> and sanitarians remember that oh, in particular yeah. 57 um yeah he has moments i mean and he's done it to the warriors it's yeah. like you know the best defensive teams in the league he, he can do it too it does not matter what you throw at him at certain times it, he just will destroy you but i think kind of those hills and valleys are more i and damien has them too but I think just for what he gives you consistently pound for pound every game, I I would go Damien. More you as well? Yeah, look, here's the thing with Damien. If you look at his entire career, he's averaged over 200 made three-pointers per season. Mm. On average. Combine Mm -hmm. that with the fact that he gets to the line more than Kyrie, connects on 89% over the past two seasons, 89% 89% plus even. Um, he's still flirting with like the 6-7 assists. He's uh, actually a pretty good rebounder for his size. Mm. And th- he's also like slightly better defensively. He has those games where he can tune it up just a little bit. But it's, look, it's not even worth mentioning because of Sarah and Lee. It's <laughs> both a horrid. I mean, just right. absolutely horrible. Um, he doesn't have the same creative ball handling as Kyrie. But that's just a lot of time when Kyrie does it. Let's be honest, you know, he just at times he just dances and wastes energy. Like mm-hmm. it's not always as effective as one might believe it is. Like he stands out there, he's crossing over, he's dancing, he's jabbing, and then he finally drives by, and then his layup comes up short. Damien is more. I, I'm not. I'm losing. I'm, I'm missing a term. I, I I think he's more assertive. That's probably the thing. Mm-hmm. He's more calculated with his drives. Like he hun- understands when he goes into the paint what his goal is. All mm-hmm. right, I mean, I'm I'm nearing the basket here. I can sidestep here. I can finish with my left. Whatever you know, he's more calculated that way. He's just a cleaner scorer, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And given that neither is a plus defensively, then what's left? Offense. Right. Right. So, Dame. Yeah, this one's it. <laughs> Sarah, you had it right. I think of any of the ones we've done so far, this is the biggest toss-up. And I, I really, I think just to be a contrarian, I'm going to pick Kyrie, just because we've seen him. You know, both have the reputation of being good clutch scorers. Like we've seen both just bury teams, especially in the playoffs. Like just end them. Kyrie obviously did it to the Warriors in Game Seven in 2016. Dame against the Rockets I want to say a couple years ago as well so like they both have that reputation but yeah I think more you were the one who said it like we don't know we haven't seen Kyrie at least the last couple of years without LeBron or at least for an extended stretch and I thought Dave Griffin was on uh, the jump this week in, on ESPN and he said something you know they were talking about the Kyrie trade rumor and or, or the trade request um and Dave Griffin was like, he said basically 
we had an opportunity whenever LeBron James would sit out for a game or like when he took that that two week mid season sabbatical. Like we had an opportunity to build a more cohesive identity without him. So like we could have done more to empower Kyrie then and we just didn't. Like we didn't make the overall changes that we needed to and we kinda just tried to run the same sets just without LeBron and that didn't work so well. So like I do I I do really hope for Kyrie's sake that he gets traded this year so we can see what he can do leading a team like Dames had the opportunity to do. And maybe he falls flat on his face, but I don't know. I, 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 the more I think about his trade request, it, I mean, it seems absurd because why would you want to give up the chance to win a ring every year or be in the finals every year? But if you're really, you know, if you don't, don't want to go down as LeBron James' sidekick in the NBA lore, then it makes sense that you want a chance to prove yourself. And I think, you know, again, it's really close, but I think Kyrie with an offense built around him could be just as effective, if not slightly more, than Dame. And the fact, really the tiebreaker is we've seen Kyrie, Sarah, as you said, we've seen him dissect the Warriors, dissect the Spurs, like destroy mm-hmm. the best defenses in the league. And if, if you have that type of, you know, obviously you want your point guard to be able to run the offense both for himself and others and you don't want him to play hero ball but the fact he can like you know in a late game situation if you need a bucket like he can create it in transition off of a pull up on a drive to the basket like he has multiple ways of creating offense for himself and others so leaning slightly Kyrie but I don't feel good about it Uh, let's stay with Blazers guards CJ McCollum or Bradley Beal Sarah. <laughs> Go Martin first. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I, I was kind of hoping Sarah would go first on this one. Because, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the toughest one yet, in my yeah. opinion. Because that's where you have to like factor in all the things that we can't factor in. Age, mm-hmm. production, injuries, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I... I I think I gotta go with CJ. Mm. I think I gotta go with CJ. It's close. It's close. It's because when when he has these opportunities to play point, when Dame mm-hmm. is out, it's yeah. the, the offense does run fairly smooth for a guy who's mm-hmm. like a traditional shooting guard. They're both a bit undersized, but looking at CJ, what he's doing, he has this ability to just explode. He's become like an all-star in his own right shoots 91 from the line 42 from downtown on high volume almost you know 48 percent actually from the field as well just efficient I, I feel he's the more secure player like he's he's the security blanket um like if you compare the two like that's the safest choice bradley beal mm-hmm. could go the other way yeah 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 i mean this beal this past season was obviously his big breakout. McCollum, right. we've seen it now for two seasons. So for that reason, I can see calling McCollum the safer player of the two. Uh, Sarah, do you have, have you <laughs> made your decision? Uh, this is rough. More, if it I helps, know, I'm more, going Beal. So you can be the type You are. Here. I see. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't think that does help because then I'm the tiebreaker, like you said. <laughs> um, good golly. Who's this? Mac- oh, Beal had a really good shooting season last year. Mm, yeah. Oh, man. On high volume, no, that's that's the one that's difficult because, look, yeah. the, the guy <laughs> increased his his three point attempts from 4.9 to 7.2 and even increased his three point field goal percentage. Like he made 223 triples last year compared to 105 the year before and 106 the year before that. I just did it with insane efficiency. Yeah, yeah. give me Beal. <laughs> yeah. I get it. I totally Collins get it. great too. Yeah, I, um, I get it. This is the one. This is the one where I don't mind, like that everyone is disagrees because I get it. Like I, yeah, I, right. I I'm flip flopping <laughs> as we speak right now. It's yeah. yeah there is no weird. right answer here, I don't think. But for me, I mean, Mort, you're right that CJ can run point a little more than Beal can, but Beal's two inches uh, taller than McCollum, mm. so I feel like Beal might have the tools to eventually become at least an average defender where I feel like McCollum at 6'3 he's just as long as he's playing shooting guard he's never going to have a chance against a guy like Clay Thompson it, wasn't there a thing about Bradley Beal's height being a little bit um, manipulated I've, oh I've, like they listed him as higher or taller a little bit tall is. because yeah because I remember when mm-hmm. he came in back in in 2012 like he was on most draft sites he was listed at 63 64 himself oh, and then really? suddenly yeah and then suddenly oh boom he's 65 like oh, really? interesting. Uh, yeah it's just came out of the blue but okay he was he was very very young when he came into the league he was 19 yeah right, so, so he i mean that would have made sense yeah yeah and b grew two inches so it's possible that, hey that's true that is true All right, let's move on. We're going back to the big men well. This one, this is straight from Ian, and it absolutely killed me. Clint Capella or Nerland's Noel? Sarah, do you want first crack at this? Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> Since I threw it to Mort last time. <laughs> um This one I've gone back and forth on since you proposed it hours ago. Um, <laughs> I initially was Clint Capella. And then, honestly, I, I haven't watched a lot of Nerland, so, like, I had what little time, free time that I actually had. I pulled up and just had, like, film on a loop on YouTube, just let it run everything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, <laughs> Nerland's is pretty good. That is yeah. true. Uh, and he's got, I'm assuming, I didn't even look at the measurements, but he seems like he's got a little length on Clint Capella, so there's that. He can be a little more disruptive at the rim. Because Clint is actually a decent shot blocker as well, but um, and then I and then I saw was was privileged to see the film from Capella. I think it was Game One Western uh, Conference, what semis against the Spurs. Mm-hmm. He had twenty and thirteen, two blocks, eight of ten for the field. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that was good fun. Uh, <laughs> but of course, but of course, he was going against our. Middle is a little, a little soft in the middle. So <laughs> there is that. Um, I think I'm leaning. I'm leaning Noel. Yeah, I, I totally went the other direction from how I started. But Capella is very good too. Like we said, all these guys are good. What cracked me up the most though, when I was looking it up, okay, because I was like, okay, they're both good roll guys. 
I wanted to see like as far as mid range shot because I couldn't imagine oh, God. either of their shots in my head, so I had to look them up. Mm-hmm. And I know that Capella's struggle with his free throws, um, but the best part of trying to figure that all out, like I looked at his shooting splits, and I, I swear he only took. From 10 to 15 feet, he only took four shots all year. (laughs) (laughs) The Rockets are the best, man. (laughs) These numbers are so ridiculous. (laughs) Uh, So that's incredible. And he made one of them, so. There you go. Yeah, 25% at (laughs) four shots. His his average distance on a a shot is two feet. (laughs) Incredible. (laughs) Incredible. That's yeah, exactly. I'll go with uh, Noel for just a little bit more uh, versatility, a little more potential for versatility. Um, and he is a, a tremendous shot blocker. Yeah. Uh, Mort, how about you? Noel is by far the better defender. Capella is the better scorer, and he's the better raw rebounder. That is not insignificant. Uh, yeah. Usually, like Sarah said, I, and I agree with her in regards to I would always lean towards the defensive-minded player. Mm-hmm. But I do get the sense that Nerlens will always have a sense of offensive limitations that he probably won't be able to, um, to, 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 get, you know, to get ahead of. And um, mm-hmm. that, can, that, that worries me a lot. Then I looked at Capella and his offensive woes that he started out having during the you know his early parts of his his career where he he was a, an abysmal free throw shooter to some point still is but he made drastic improvements mm-hmm. um so if he can become like a 60 60 65 68 percent free throw shooter while being you know the 64 65 percent uh shooter under the rim and a high caliber rebounder and even a high volume score around the rim then I'm probably going to take it because his defense is not bad. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not Nerlens Noel good, but it's not bad either. So I'm going to go with Clint Capella, but if you spend an hour trying to convince me, I could be convinced about <laughs> Noel, but don't you dare do it. Don't, yeah, yeah, don't, don't, don't put that me. out there. Oh, man. I'm taking Noel, and I don't think it's that close. I just think his Obviously. defensive... Yeah, his, I mean, he's not even a sixer anymore. I still feel this way about him. He's, he's, <laughs> he's so defensively gifted, not only as a shot blocker, but his hands are just so active defensively. Mm-hmm. Like, his steals numbers are absurd. Yeah. Um, and he, like, back when he was on the team, you know, like, everyone makes fun of Robert Covington now because he's always, like, near the league lead in deflections. Nerlens was right there with him back when they were teammates. Like, he just... He disrupts, you know, it's great that he gets steals and blocks, but he's just so disruptive. Like, he just sticks his hands in passing lanes, and he has the defensive IQ that even, you know, uh, if you force a player to pass the ball elsewhere, that's not going to show up in the stat sheet anywhere, but you're still making things more difficult for an opposing mm. offense. And I that's think, some, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's something I, we I saw think, with Kawhi a lot as well. Right, yeah, exactly. And I think Nerland's just... He has the gift of knowing where to go. I think, you know, if he ever signs a contract with the Mavericks, like, who knows? He might be playing in Europe next year. But assuming he's back at the NBA with Dallas, he's going to have a monster year, uh, especially with Dennis Smith Jr. just running constant pick and rolls with him. So Mm. I think, uh, you know, his numbers, obviously he's got the knee issues, so that's scary. 
Um, but we're, we're not, we're assuming all of that's cleared up. And, you know, his numbers as a sophomore weren't, I mean, they were still really good, but he played out of position half the year because he was playing next to Okafor. And then this past year, he just didn't get much run. So we haven't really seen him break out since, frankly, his rookie season. But I think this year in Dallas, he's going to, He's going to remind everyone that he's one of the better young centers in the league. Um, all right, <laughs> this one's going to be fun. Uh, Isaiah Thomas or Mike Conley, Mort? Well, I would be a hypocrite if I didn't also lean to defense on small guys. Mm-hmm. I think that said everything. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Sarah, how about you? Yeah, honestly, this one was one of the easier ones for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't spend as much time on. Uh, and a lot of it, too, is because my team played Conley in the first round, and I got to see a lot of him, and he was incredible. He mm-hmm. honestly put the fear of God into me a few times. Uh, <laughs> he's just, he had that type of series, and he's obviously capable of that. Uh, yeah, so not only does he defend a little bit, whereas I say it doesn't really, Um but I feel like he's he's capable of maybe he's not quite as explosive offensively mm-hmm. as as Isaiah is, but he's really really good. So uh, yeah, I would take Conley. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you both. Uh, although I don't want to like shortchange Isaiah here because like what he did last season was really mm-hmm. it was phenomenal. So mm-hmm. you know when I'm when I'm evaluating all of these picks, I'm basically thinking like all right, what's the weakest point for each player and whose weakness is more exploitable? And so, you know, as you both said, like Isaiah Thomas, obviously a very bad defender. Um, Conley, he's not a threat to go off for 30 points a game most nights. So he's, as you said, Sarah, he's like not as offensively explosive as Isaiah, but that's not as much of an issue. Like if you it's just so much easier to target Isaiah in just constant pick and rolls and just force him off of the floor. Whereas Conley is such a good two-way player that there's no way. You just have to hope he's having a bad night, basically. So, sorry, Boston fans. Uh, enjoy enjoy maxing Isaiah out next year and <laughs> capping the ceiling on your team. Um, all right, let's move on. Who is the next? Oh, this one's good. All right. Gary Harris or Rodney Hood, Sarah? There again, I, I kind of have to recuse myself a little bit because I didn't have time to look into this one and I haven't seen Gary Harris play a lot. Um, so I want to lean Rodney Hood, but that's only because I've, I've watched him a little more, so I don't feel like I could, I could really make an informed decision on that one. That's fair. Yeah, I mean... I like what Rodney Hood brings, but I just don't know enough about what Gary Harris brings. Mort, how about you? So this is tricky because we're supposed to select one of these for the upcoming season. Rodney Hood's role is obviously going to increase given the departure of Gordon Hayward. And he is a very capable scorer. He I mean that's that's indisputable. He's not a strong defender, and Gary Harris is not as explosive an offensive player, but he is a solid two-way guy. It's almost like the Mike Conley, Isaiah Thomas debate all over again, just with shooting guards. Really. 
Um, but but here's the thing: if Rodney Hood comes out next year and he busts for twenty two, mm-hmm. and is able to do that efficiently, then that changes the conversation. So I have to yeah. look at his body of work right now, and for me, it's Gary Harris in not a landslide, but there's a significant step down to Hood. However, mm-hmm. I acknowledge the fact that Hood could change the entire perception that is of him in yeah. five months' time. Right. Yeah, that's where I am, too. I would take Harris now, but I'm expecting both of these dudes to break out because yeah. you know, Gallinari's gone now as well, so Millsap's going to take a lot of that offensive responsibility, but Harris is entering a contract year. I think he's going to have a big year. Um, yeah, I'm just... Hood, you know, both of these guys dealt with injuries a lot last year. Um, Hood, I feel like he he had such a really impressive breakout sophomore season, and he took a slight step back this last year. And I'm I'm assuming it was just the injuries, but you know, I I feel a little more confident projecting Gary Harris to break out as like a two way force than I do Rodney Hood. So for that reason, I go Harris, but. Again, both of these guys, uh, I think, I mean, both of them have all-star upside, I would say. Like, I could easily see either one, maybe not, maybe not in the Western Conference, but, like, right. either if yeah. played in the East, uh, I feel like in a year or two time, they could easily be all-star caliber. You, you know right. what I've been thinking for about a year now is Detroit really should get Gary Harris. And then mm. just give him the keys to the team. Yeah. He would have, <laughs> he would have like Detroit had something to trade. Right. I yeah. That that's that's a rub, of course. But yeah. that would be a team where he's you know he has Stan Van Gunny on the sideline. He does have like a capable center around him. He would have yeah. Reggie Jackson who could take some offensive responsibility off of him, but still just give Gary Harris the keys to an organization. I I wouldn't mind. I was seeing mm-hmm. what he could do as like the main guy. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could do some combination of like Avery Bradley for Gary Harris and take one of Denver's bad contracts back in return. Take Fareed or take Denver doesn't really have that many bad contracts, I guess. But hmm. yeah, but Detroit is capped, so I don't think they. Could. Oh right, yeah. Oh god. Why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I would yeah. take Stan Van Gunny's team president role away immediately. That is terrible. Um, all right. Let's move on to... All right, this is a fun one that we just came up before we started. So more, I'm going to throw this to you right away. Jamal Murray or D'Angelo Russell? Yeah, so when you mentioned that to me, I was like, oh, obviously, you know, D'Angelo, uh, you know, number two pig, all that, but then it's... You kind of have to think about it a little bit because mm-hmm. Jamal Murray was explosive and he's young. He's got a lot of upside. That jump shot is only going to get so much better and it could already be better this year. He could already break out this year. But I'm sticking with my initial uh, decision because it's Brooklyn. Mm. D'Angelo will have every opportunity that he did <laughs> not have with the Lakers, yeah. uh, a fresh start, you know, a, a friend, you know, a, a coach that is player friendly, a GM that is player friendly. There seems to be a plan in play and 
He'll be surrounded by shooters and a system that encourages him to shoot the long ball. Everything just oozes. D'Angelo is going to get better. Mm-hmm. And that's that's why I pick him for now. But Jamal Murray, I mean, it's not lost on me what he's doing in Denver. Um, but you also have to, to take into account Gary Harris, as we just spoke about, because if he's breaking out, he's going to be playing, what, 32, 35 minutes a game. And, and he's, like, primarily a shooting guard. He's not a guy who's going to slide over to the one a lot. But and, and Jamal Murray, I know people are, like, liking him in a sort of pseudo-point guard role. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that's the answer. It's better than Moody, obviously, so that <laughs> might be forced upon him. Mm-hmm. But he's, like, a legit shooting guard, though. Yeah. And and I'm I'm completely bought into like the positionless NBA, but yep. like where where do you have your ball handling in Denver if Jamal Murray and Gary Harris is your starting backcourt? Jokic. Yeah, I well, <laughs> I get that in a half court setting, but still, yeah. I mean, I mean, do you really go, want to go full on point center for a guy who's only twenty two? Apparently. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess there was there's talk that Emmanuel Moutier has been having a good summer. So, well, Hope springs eternal for Emmanuel Moutier. Yeah. <laughs> and you and, still and, have. And, and, yeah. Well, you still have Jameer Nelson just as a. That's true. A veteran backup, if needed. And you you have Paul Millsap who can initiate right. the offense as well. Yeah. So I get okay, fair enough. Given that there, I, I completely forgot about Millsap for a second. Yeah. Like, and yeah. Wilson Chandler is not. He's not, like, a great passer by any means, but, like, all five of those guys can create. Mm. Yeah, they can at least handle the ball some. So if it's a collective responsibility... Yeah. Yeah, I guess it could work. Still not sold on it, though. I, w- I would still prefer him to see to see him run off screens a lot. Mm-hmm. And yeah, get I, open I mean, corner shots. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be the full-time ball handler if they do use him as their starting, quote-unquote, point guard. Hmm. Like, I, I we'll think see. a lot of the creation responsibilities will be Jokic and Millsap more than... I mean, I think Harris Harris can create for himself, too. I, yeah. I, I think Murray would be low on the totem pole in terms of creation. I think he would be running off screens a lot. Oh, and there's Will Barton, too, who can handle the ball. And yeah. you also have Mason Plumlee, who can handle the ball and yep. pass out of the double. Okay, you know what? Right. I'm sold. Although Mason Plumlee is... He joins the ranks of Nerlens and Jamichael Green as the free agents, the restricted free agents who have yet to sign because the market dried up and they're grumpy. Oh, people. right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, all of them, I assume, are going to be back with their original teams because no one else feel like if you wanted to bid on them. But today is August 11th. Free agency has been going on for 40 plus days. You know, probably would have happened by now. When did Tristan Thompson sign? Like he, it was really he was in late. October, I think. Yeah, right? yeah. Right before the season. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I, I'm expecting at least one of those. Nico too with the Bulls. Like, oh I'm right, expecting yeah. One of those to go down to the wire, but at this point, it's all. It feels safe to assume that all those guys will be back with the original. Oh, so I, have Mason, I have all a hot right. take. I have a hot take about. I would not, or at least not a hot take for a second. I would not be surprised if Nico go back to, to goes back to Real Madrid, or oh to just God. a Spanish team. I would not oh, be surprised no. if he looked at the current situation, both with the Bulls and knowing that they have team control, and just went, nope, 
If I can't yeah. <laughs> get out of this, then I'm going to go back and win titles in Europe because oh, F you, Bulls. Yeah, that would be... Oh, I just mentioned at the top of the show that I put my Bulls fantasy preview out today, and it's by far the shortest one I've written so far. I've done 10 so far. They have no one of interest. It's like Dwayne Wade, Zach Levine, if he's healthy, uh, Robin Lopez, and then Nico. I just assumed Nico was coming back, but... If Nico does not come back, they will have three players worth drafting this year, which is by far the lowest. So, good job, Bulls. Oh, good. Hey, um, Brian, you you wrote about the Bulls. That's great news. Here, have a draft pick on courtesy of Gar Foreman. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> do I have to pay you $3.5 million for it? Obviously, because we're all about the money. <laughs> right. Sarah, what do you say in D'Angelo Russell versus Jamal Murray? See, though, all of the conversation that you guys just had was, like, why I asked earlier, are we taking into account the team that they're on? Yeah, because you're yeah, talking yeah. about, like, minutes played and, you know, see that. But it's hard to separate, like, if you're right. going to look at how they do this year to try to judge. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm leaning towards D'Angelo as well. And I, it's not that I don't think Jamal can eventually get even better. But, yeah, if we're looking at at just next year, I think D'Angelo is going to have a pretty big year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I really got to watch the Nuggets more. It's not <laughs> for lack of want to, but yeah, last year just didn't work out. But next year, they, I'm going to put them toward my priority list, toward yeah. the top. Yeah, But, but yeah, for now, I'm going to say D'Angelo. Yep, me too. I, I, I still believe D'Angelo. Don't prove us wrong. Please break out this year. I think Kenny Atkinson's <laughs> going to be really good for him. I'm yeah. expecting a big year out of him. Uh, so, all right. so wait a second. Sarah just brought up something interesting. Like, okay. if if we were going to like rank league pass teams, not going through all thirty, Ooh. but like who's like in your top three or five even? I don't know. Not not you. Know, you don't have to go in the top three or five. I mean, for me, it's probably some sort of combination of Philly, Minnesota. Denver, Utah because of Donovan Mitchell, and then yeah. San Antonio, I think, because Kawhi. You know, let's save this for next week. Let's do league pass rankings next week. Then I just spoiled mine. Okay. <laughs> and then <laughs> well, he basically well, named, like, all of mine, too, Morton. We'll, we'll, we'll do, like, my, top my to bottom. Ones, but... we'll oh, do all, 30 all, teams. all 30? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Like, the Bulls will be unwatchable, we know that, so spoiler alert, Chicago fans, you don't need to listen to find out where we rank them, but yeah, yeah, let's go, let's, we'll save that for next week, because that's a really fun, fun idea, and uh, a good way to spend an August podcast. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right, Moit, we are going to wrap this up with this sadistic one that you came up with. Chris Dunn or Cameron Payne? Evil. (laughs) (laughs) that that silence yeah um that was just a little that that was a little hat tip to bulls fans out there because (laughs) this is supposedly the two point guards of the future in chicago um which you gave up a lot for and neither really had impressive seasons beforehand so sarah I'm just going to throw it to you. Who's who's your pick, Chris Dunn or Cameron Payne? This is horrid. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going Dunn because 
even if if neither of these guys do anything for you on the floor, at least I know that Dunn isn't going to be doing some strange dance on the sidelines. So, Chris Dunn. <laughs> oh, God. I, I don't even have a response. I, I jokingly made that remark because I did not have a response. I just find them so... Yeah, there's no appeal to either. I guess Chris Dunn plays a little bit of defense. So that's what I'm building my case upon. Chris Dunn plays a little bit of defense. Ergo, Chris Dunn. Uh, can I pick option C, which is move my team to Seattle? <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> okay. Although, although, just get the owner to Seattle instead. That would that would be yeah. a better start. Like keep the Bulls okay. in Chicago. That's fair. Just just take kidnap Ryan Jerry Reinstorf to Seattle. That's okay. Right. right. Seattle's been through too much. Why would you want to do that? No, I that's want. Oh, yeah, you know that's that's a fair point actually. I want to do like the expansion draft thing, and I don't want either of those guys on my team. I just want <laughs> I want a team in Seattle instead of watching either one of them point guard my team at any point. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's all so right. bad. All right, guys, that's a good place to wrap up. So thank you to all the listeners out there who stuck with us through this madness. We promise we will get back to real basketball soon, but it's August, so we're going to have a couple more irreverent weeks. So we'll do league pass rankings next week. We'll start our division previews. Uh, pretty close to September. In the meantime, check us out at the NBA Pod on Twitter. In our bio, you can find all three of our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some reviews. We would love any feedback. And we're being hosted this year on FanRag Sports, so check them out on Twitter at FanRag Sports and for their NBA content at FanRag NBA. Until next time, I'm Brian Taporic, and I was joined by Morton Jensen and Sarah Chalea. Have a good one, you two. You too, Brian. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store and now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.